Who is the number three receiver in Green Bay? And what do you need to do with him in Dynasty? Where will the defending champs go for their lead running back? And when should you draft him? Plus, how much do you need to pump the brakes on a stud incoming rookie? And why? And joining the program this week are the co-owners of the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship third place team, Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler. They'll tell us what they did different in 2016 than in previous years, why they had two tight ends at the end of round four, plus much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between market tracks and corporate Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, better known as the Dizzle, also even better known than that as Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what team will give Pierre Garçon his highest fantasy value? How, can you can, or how you can make your FFPC team dominant without consistent wideout production, and what kinds of decisions should you be making with your dynasty teams when rumors hit the Twitterverse? Plus, Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler drop in to talk about their meteoric rise up the 2016 FPC leaderboard to finish in third place, as well as giving a couple of their early sleepers for 2017 FFPC leagues. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak this evening. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hour. If you want to give us a call, chime in, talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAMOBA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for me, for Dave, for Fred, for Tom, for Rob, for Bryce, for anyone, Now's the time to send them. We'll get to all those chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment in the latter half of the show. It is uh, Valentine's Day weekend. Happy early Valentine's Day to you, Dave. Do you have big plans for Tuesday with the wife? Uh, no, not at all, actually. We already have mutually agreed that we made a big enough purchase that we're not going the whole celebration route. Ah, yes. Yeah. So you we show our love of the other 364. So you days. finally got that Vietnamese adoption process. Yep. Very, very exciting. 17-year-old, he's coming in. How is feng shui? <laughs> feng shui, whatever <laughs> it is. It's totally racist to start off the show. Hey, how was dinner tonight? Uh, it was mediocre. Mediocre? Mine was fantastic. Where did you eat? Where did you El Jarapeo. You didn't really? see my swarm check-in? I, I have you blocked on swarm. Oh, you you're, you're so terrible. You checked in there took a, and you took a picture of the, the happy hour right. thing. 
And I checked in. I went to the Greenville one. I didn't go to the, the Appleton one. I'm sure our listeners really are fascinated. No, I'm telling you. That, yeah. But uh, I took a picture. Like, But they didn't have – you had $1.50 pints of uh, Miller Lite. And I asked for that at my El Jarapeo. They didn't have that. So then That's I, funny. I, wasn't, I wasn't even really paying attention. Yeah, so I like mimic. I said I chose the Beta El Jarapeo yeah. location. I'm sorry I didn't see it. What did you eat? I don't know, seafood enchilada. I almost got that. I got the mocajete. It was fantastic. You always get that. I don't always get it, but tonight I did. It was wow. very, now very good. Now that no one's listening. All right, now that no one's listening, let's get to uh, some uh, promotion. The guests we had on last week, Peter Overzet and Pat Corain, their Fantasyland podcast dropped uh, on Tuesday morning. Much better than this show. It was fantastic. Very well put together. Uh, it was all about the high stakes uh, sort of industry, as it were, but it really centered on the FFPC live events in uh, Las Vegas at the Westgate Resort. Did you happen to listen to it? Did you get a chance to listen to it? Not yet? I didn't have a chance yet. I was kind of busy. Very good. Uh, great stuff in there. Good. Uh, I, want to hear all, I want to hear all the interviews. Oh, there's a ton of FFPC player interviews. Alex was interviewed in there. They how, had, how long was the podcast? Like like a half hour. Maybe, I, I want to say like 37 minutes, somewhere around Why there. Why do they edit it down so much? They probably had like three hours. They're, they're, as they said on the show last week, there's going to be at least one other FFPC-centric episode based on the audio they got and potentially a third. We'll have to see about that. Okay. Uh, but it's very good. Alex Kaganoff you had a couple of sound bites. There's a couple of things for me in there, as well as the, the really the shining thing for me was um, the Lance Turbis uh, interviews. And um, well, I mean, I don't want to deride any of the player interviews because they're all great, just fantastic stuff. So check that out at Fantasyland, uh, or excuse me, RotoViz.com/Fantasyland. You can also check it out on the uh, iTunes uh, as well. Just search Fantasyland. It's episode ten. Do we have an update on when 2017 FFPC satellite leagues are launching? Are we still hoping for not next week, but the week after? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would hope it's going to be end, end of next week. Stay tuned to the FFPC E newsletter because <laughs> yours truly will have updates yeah. in there. And we have, they have to award the prizes for the playoff challenge that's happening this weekend. Now that stats have gone final, they have to flip to the 2017 year. Uh, they have to do a few stat changes and not stats. It's just a few like you know housekeeping type items. Right. And then you know they might be uploading the 2017. Ty Montgomery rookies. switching to running back. Yes, that'll Stuff be like a that. tough one. Yes. Um, 2017 rookies. I sent them a big list of rookies. Um, that'll be more for Dynasty, but they right. might do that right away, and then we'll get launched. And for those of you who are not familiar with this show, maybe it's one of the first times you're you're tuning in. Um, we we do this show year round, and I can tell you the next three months are going to be very Dynasty heavy as far as content goes. And there's actually orphan teams that you can own. Uh, with the FFPC at myffpc.com. Check out the message boards there. There's a thread, a couple of threads actually, of Dynasty teams anywhere from $250 all the way up to $2,500 available right now. So if you want to jump in, make a few trades, the only format the FFPC allows with trading, that's uh, Dynasty. Of course, it is the best version of fantasy football. And we encourage you to check out those orphans. Make Dave an offer at Dave at myffpc.com. Thank you to Roto World. Thank you to Rob, our producer, and our audio engineer, Bryce, who had nothing to do with tonight's rundown, but I feel like I should give him a shout-out at the top of every show. This is uh, the actual fantasy football content we're going to get to right now, according to Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports. Several league sources think that the Eagles will be making a run at impending free agent Alshon Jeffrey. If you remember the Eagles receivers, Probably not because they weren't very memorable last year. There's Jordan Matthews, there's Dorio Green Beckham, not a whole lot else besides Aguilar. that. Nelson Agolar, Agolar, Agolar. Uh, Jeffrey's easily the best wideout on the market this year. Deshaun Jackson has also been rumored to be going to the Eagles, where of course he played for six seasons. 
if the 49ers decide to cut bait with Torrey Smith, because let's face it, he ain't doing much in Frisco right now. Uh, he could be a possibility for the Eagles as well. Carson Wentz is the quarterback in charge. He just needs more weapons on the outside, Dave. Alshon Jeffrey would be quite the weapon to have in Philly. Does his dynasty value, or even his redraft value, if we want to look at it from that standpoint, change based on him going to either Chicago or Philly? To me, it's roughly the same, maybe even a little bit better if he ends up in Philly. Yeah, it seems to me like it's about the same. He's going to get a lot of targets wherever he goes. He stays in Chicago. He's going to get. He's going to be the definite number one receiver. Zach Miller will probably get a few extra targets this year. Um, you know, Philadelphia, just because of the change, it's tough to really upgrade him because you just don't know how he's going to do there. I mean, there's that uncertainty. I, I, would, I would hesitate to upgrade him, really. And I'll tell you a couple other things, reasons why I wouldn't be upgrading him too much. Remember, he, was, he had the four-game suspension for PEDs last year. He's been no stranger to the trainer's table he's as well. Hurt. There's a tendency to sort of overrate or get excited about a guy when he switches teams to potentially a better situation. And we kind of push those negative aspects of, of the player to the back of our minds. And we end up getting a little too excited and maybe overdrafting, overpaying for him in uh, trades or what have you. So that's the other reason to be very, very and careful with Alshon Jeffrey. And all that stuff too. Right. talking about him. Right. And this is, again, this is not a very exciting uh, rece- a free agent receiver class. So again, we could be overrating yeah, him based Sean, on that as yeah, well. Sean Jackson's terrible. Torrey Smith sucks too. Those guys are, they're, they shouldn't even be playing anymore. Just, I mean, they're like the 30, 40. I mean, as far as fantasy goes, they're like the 30, 40 catch guys. Sean Jackson, ugh, I'm so sick of him. You know, Mint Montana is a longtime listener to the show, and I really wish that when he would post in the chat room, he wouldn't be so um, ambiguous as to how, <laughs> what, he, what he believes about a player. Uh, he chimes in, I wouldn't give Jeffrey a nickel. Dude's a bum. There you go. Don't know what that means. I mean, <laughs> man, I don't think he likes him, but I could be wrong. Uh, Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback or MMQB.com spoke with a scout, the independent scout that was assigned to Oklahoma. And uh, he, that scout, told Albert Breer that Joe Mixon is actually well-liked by people at Oklahoma University. Remember, Joe Mixon was uh, caught on video hitting a a girl in the face when he was 18 years old. This uh, happened, what, three years ago now? Uh, Three or four years ago. Uh, The scouts suggest that uh, that incident is a one-time mistake, something that Mixon has learned from. And then uh, Albert Breer asked him about, well, you know, what, what's the right team? Uh, you know, who's the type of team that, that Mixon can be successful on? And he said, it needs to be the right market, a team that can handle the onslaught, the right PR staff, because you'll have to weather the storm. Here's the interesting part. This, and this has to do with uh, your boy, Tyreek Hill. He says, but the guy the Chiefs drafted, Joe Mixon, isn't half the douchebag that guy was. <laughs> You have to search to find people that don't like him. Maybe the parking lot attendant, everyone there loves them, him, and I believe them. Joe Mixon, maybe this was an isolated incident. The fact is people will, there is going to be a PR um, flurry that, uh, that teams will be able to uh, have to weather in order to sign uh, and draft Joe Mixon. Now, as far as a dynasty standpoint goes, Dave, I feel like, and perhaps this is stating the obvious, I feel that Mixon is going to be drafted lower than he should. A lot of people think he, he, if he wouldn't have had this incident, even if it wasn't caught on video, he would have been a first-round pick. When you look at how rookie dynasty drafts are going to go, he's probably not going to be drafted as the starting running back you know, into a situation where he'd be the starting running back. He's probably going to be a complimentary piece, but he could be the most talented piece of that backfield. So when you look at it, he actually might be drafted much, much higher in rookie drafts compared to where he's going to be drafted in, in the NFL draft, 
in in relation to how other running backs have fared in yep. that situation before. He's the type of guy, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, that could actually sneak into the mid to late first round of, uh, of FFPC rookie drafts based on his talent because, frankly, we as fantasy owners don't have to weather the PR storm. We just have to know how he's going to be used in the NFL, and any team that drafts him obviously has big plans for him. No, I totally agree with you. That's a great analysis. I mean, you look at, like, Jay Ajayi, he was a guy who he fell – he was super highly rated by a lot of the, the draft picks, and he fell just because of the knee concern, but he still got drafted really high in rookie drafts. Right. Isaiah Crowell was the other player that had these character concerns. Wasn't he, was he drafted in the seventh round, or was he an undrafted free agent? Either way. Uh, really, he was an undrafted free agent. Really late. But, I mean, an Udfa. He's, very, you know, he's been very productive his entire uh, his career. I mean, he's not a pass-catching guy, but, I mean, he's always going to be you know, pretty solid production. Most recent example is the one that this scout references here, Tyreek Hill. That guy wasn't picked until the fifth round. What happened with him? Yep. Slow start. Didn't get into a whole lot of um, snaps. And he ended up, honestly, he wasn't used as much as his stats would dictate because of all the touchdowns that he got. But he was being used. And now he he's really going to be used more. He are used until the eighth, eighth night. Right. But the talent, my point is the cream, as Tupacker likes to say, the cream rose to the top. The, uh, the talent, sir, you know, really took center stage. And then that, and then we, I don't want to say we forgot about what he did, but as fantasy owners, um, it, it became sort of irrelevant because of the production on the field. So, I, I, again, this this could be the same thing that happens with Joe Mixon, too. I mean, he wasn't invited to the Combine. I find that interesting. But the but the NFL Combine made a rule that anybody with charges or, or they made some sort of rule that – If you – I mean, at age 18, so – I mean, you know, I, mean I, I saw it. I mean, it was really terrible. Right. I mean, it's – you know, people are so immature at age 18. I right. mean, I'm not even that mature right now. I'm in my 40s. So, I mean, yeah. at that I was actually more mature at 18 than I am. At now. that age, you know, you know, she's, she may have said something that got him mad. And, they, you know, they were arguing. Yeah, I don't want to get a no. No, I know. I'm not knows? saying it's okay. Right. You know, obviously, it's not okay. But, right. you know, things do happen and people make stupid mistakes. And I, it, I do agree with Breer's assertion that if a lot of people from Oklahoma are saying he's a good guy, with the exception of this one mistake, that, that's believable to me. Right. Sense. Yeah, and we'll and we'll see. I we'll, have no problem drafting Mixon. We're going to get some more news on on this when he starts interviewing with teams in the pre-draft process because we're going to find out what he's saying to these teams, how he's coming off, and that that's going to affect his stock as well. Yep. Rob Domofsky, ESPN Packers reporter, says uh, said today that this coming season could be a make or break year for Randall Cobb. If you remember, Randall Cobb back in 2014 had a 91, 12.87, and 12 line. His numbers not so great since then. Uh, he signed a four-year, $40 million deal after that uh, 2014 season. Including the playoffs, Cobb has just two 100-yard games in 2016. Uh, Devontae yep. Adams obviously outperformed him last year. He is due $8.6 million this year. And people might be saying that Cobb could be asked to take a pay cut. He turns 27 in August. Uh, you know, as we look at the Packers receivers here, Dave, no question Jordy Nelson is number one on this team right now Adams has to be number two given the output that he had given uh, the targets and the chances and the touches that he got over Randall Cobb Randall Cobb's the number three receiver on this team Dave he's making a ton of money if you own him in dynasty certainly you were hoping for bigger things unless you just traded for him or something like that what are you doing right now are you selling him for 70 cents 75 cents on the dollar are you keeping him and hoping that he bounces back and has a big time year so that he does not get cut 
Uh, what are you doing? If you, I don't know if you own Randall Cobb in any leagues right now, but if you do own him or if you did own him, or maybe if you don't, would you be floating some trade offers out there to see what you could get? I would probably be, even though he's, his value is super low, I would probably be definitely, I would, I would definitely be doing that, trying to ditch him. Uh, cut bait. I mean, he's, he's, I just don't think his value is going up at all. He's a slot receiver. He's not that great. Jordy was WR2. Devontae Adams, I mean, overall. Yeah, I just yeah. like Devontae Adams was WR number nine last year. Again, that's 12 touchdowns, so that, that had a big impact still on counts. that. counts. I mean, those are still touchdowns. I, I, I know I, everyone's I, always like, regression of the mean. That's all kind of, you know, to be honest, I, semi-bullshit. Okay, I'm well, gonna swear listen. I'm going to say it. Because it's like, those touchdowns do count, and maybe he'll score 12 again next year, and maybe he'll score 17. Right. Those points count. Everything doesn't always regress to the mean. All right. Do you own Rant the, over. Do you, do you own the Garrett Blunt in any leagues? Because I'd, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, so, I mean, you can make one example. You had a ton of but I'm just saying, like, like, yes, I understand that counts. But well, how can you never say regression to the upside, then, when these guys have well, little touchdowns? Okay, so you always bring up the bad you, type. You cannot. The guy scores a lot of touchdowns, be, and all of a sudden it's bad. Right. I hate players that score touchdowns in fantasy. It's the worst. Okay. For, you cannot progress to the mean. You always regress to the mean, whether it's a positive or negative. So if, uh, right, let's use Randall Cobb as an example. If he had a bad season this year, which he did, chances are he will regress to the mean next year. Maybe being his, better. I don't know. Maybe his mean is WR number 75. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm betting it's not. But my point is with, with the touchdowns. I mean, you say Devontae Adams was, was the ninth best receiver, or the ninth. Uh, yeah, the ninth, ninth most fantasy point. Right, ninth most fantasy. I'm not disputing that. He had a fantastic year. My point is it's, it's, it's difficult for me to project Devontae Adams scoring 12 touchdowns every season in his prime. Well, you know, the thing is... What you can project is targets. Well, what you can project for Aaron Rodgers is 40 to 45 touchdowns every year. Well, And he throws a lot of touchdowns. He He back through a lot of touchdowns at Randall Cobb. So even when Randall Cobb was productive, it was because he had a lot of touchdowns. Well, now are we... we, Maybe the quarterback throws a lot of touchdown passes, and the people that get all the targets get a lot of touchdown passes. Right. So let's who are the people that are getting the targets. Okay. Well, now remember this, too, if you want to bring up Aaron Rodgers in this. He had no running game this year. Now, if the Packers address that... Rodgers could regress to the mean next year as well. So, I mean, you could be looking at a please, guy who threw, you know, whatever, 40 touchdowns this year. Maybe next season he only throws like 33 or 34. You know what I mean? Who knows? I, you know, I, I think that's an absurd little thing to say. Rodgers has been like a top what, three what, fantasy okay. quarterback for his entire That's career. fine. What, bring, up, bring up Aaron Rodgers. We have Fred Meyer and Tom, or Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler coming Fred up. Fred Meyer of the jewelry company? No, no, Fred Beyer. Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler, the third-place football guys, players' championship teams coming He's up just a minute. after the interview. I, but I want to get to Rodgers here. What, go back and look at how many touchdowns he's thrown, um, you know, the past whatever, however we want to do it, four or five years. Do you have that in front of you? Uh, yeah. No. So he, okay. He threw, he threw 40. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I think we've covered no, through 40 back. last year. Okay. Go so ahead. 31, 38. Then he was injured. 17, right, right. 39, 45, 28, 30, 28 before he kind of broke Does it up. have his average or no? No. Okay. So for, okay. So it's it, not like it, 33 it, or 34 is unheard of. If he has okay, a no, running okay. So from 2011, 45, 39 injured. So 17, right. 38, 31 and 40. So out of all those years, one year he threw less than less than 38 touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Well, I'm just saying like 33 or 34 isn't out of the question. It's almost out of the question. I mean, I, because when he's healthy, he's not throwing 33 or 34. That's hey, listen, if you want, if you listen, if you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers being healthy for 16 games next year. And he, again, the running game scuffles, which it seems to have, then yeah, he's probably going to be closer to 40 touchdowns. If Eddie Lacy comes back or Ty Montgomery has a big year and maybe they combine for 12 or 13 touchdowns, he ain't throwing 40. It's just not going to happen. You know, you're, and I'll put five on that right now. 
You, you, when you talk about the mean, the mean is the average, just so you, in case you didn't take yes, statistics. Yes, I'm aware of what it means. The mean is the average of the touchdowns that he's been throwing. So if you take those, the mean is actually probably about 40. Now, let's should, get I'll, the I'll, I'll tell you you're what. Being, you're, we're you're we're, unbelievable. we're going to get to a break right now. I want you to figure this out. Figure out the mean. I'm not going to count the injury year. Is that okay? No, because maybe he was project, or maybe he was on pace to score way less than that. Okay, take out the injury year and, and figure it out, and then we'll, we'll find out how – how insane 34 touchdowns is compared no, to what the going up. 33 or 34, whatever. It's what I said. You're listening to Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We're going to take a break, take a sip of water. Dave's going to crunch some numbers. Fred Beyer, Tom Winkler coming up right after this. The HSFA Power on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Valentine's Day weekend is here, and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is here to uh, bring the love back. <laughs> after that loving segment. All right. My throat really was dry. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. Uh, this is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Before we bring on the guest, do you have the numbers crunched? Uh, okay, those five years, 38.6 yeah. is, the, is the average. Okay. So, I mean, 34 touchdowns with an awesome running game. I don't think that's crazy. <laughs> no, you're right. If, it, if they have an awesome running game, you might be right. And you know what? You know my feelings on Eddie Lacy. Oh, brother. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's all right, bring we, in. Let's, you've made up now. Yes. Let's uh, bring in tonight's guest before, uh, before things get really out of control here. Uh, after uh, unsuccessful seasons in both 2014 and 2015, uh, well, I shouldn't say unsuccessful because these guys did win money, uh, but they did not win as much as they did in 2016. Did they progress to the mean? They, no, they regressed to the mean. <laughs> they uh, they oh, co-managed the oh, team into third place oh. in the uh, 2016 FPC tournament, good enough for a $16,000-plus payday. Please welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Mr. Fred Beyer and Mr. Tom Winkler. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. We, uh, we, we're, we're still calming down after this. Serious Aaron Rodgers discussion we have. So yeah, we, we want we want to get in on that action. Well, okay, okay, let's let's okay, let's let's do this right away. Okay, so talk about you guys heard the discussion. Um, one of them go. Give, yes, give us your thoughts on uh, on this the 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 uh, I don't know the on the Packers offense in general. We'll go with it, however however way you want to take it. Want. Yes. Ooh. Well, well, we had Rodgers. Uh, on our team, and uh, we enjoyed that. I, I'm going to have to side with Dave on, on the uh, conversation here. I think Roger's good for uh, closer to 40 than the uh, 34 that you're talking about. Okay, again, I don't want to have to. I know you didn't say that could, for could, sure it's 34. You're right. saying it could happen yes. if the running game is awesome. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I, I would not, if, if you're going to say, like, um, like oh, Balky, you, you think he's going to get 34 touchdowns next year? No. Not what I'm saying at all, but I'm saying like it, it's it, it's in the realm of my possibility. Dave can't even imagine Aaron Rodgers going for over for that. See that that's a fantasy <laughs> that that exists. That this is unicorns, um, uh, um, uh, um, you know, other fake stuff. No, that's a guess talk. And Aaron Rodgers throwing 34 touchdowns. That's that's, that's, hey that's this is Dave. Jesus, shut up. Okay, gentlemen, whichever one of you hasn't had a chance to speak yet, please. No, talk. Let, let's get into it. Let's, we'll, we'll move on from the Aaron Rodgers discussion because I know you guys hate Aaron Rodgers. Well, we'll going back to the Aaron Rodgers discussion. When you look at the way the team has performed and played and the way McCarthy calls plays, I don't think there's any way in the world that it's 33 or under. Even when Lacey was healthy and performing. 
he Aaron Rodgers was a top-notch quarterback. Yes, and, and I totally agree with that. I don't think he throws, again, 33 and a half touchdowns next year. Well, 2015, he threw 31. I'll, I'll give but you I, that. But I could see I it. Ha- in 2015, that was a Jordy Nelson year when he was out, right? Yeah. Yeah, when he had no receiver. Right, so there you go. Okay, let's get into this, guys. I, I want right, to. Real conversation. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, guys, when you're not playing fantasy football, tell us what you're doing for a living. Fred, go ahead and tell us first, and then Tom, uh, chime in after that. Uh, I'm an accountant and a financial advisor. And I'm a broker associate in uh, real estate sales and purchases in Southwest Florida. Financial, financial ad- advising and real estate, Dave, two of your uh, favorite wheelhouses to hang out in. This is probably like, yeah, and they're both siding with you on the Rogers discussion. This is probably what, top five nights of your life right now? These are smart individuals. <laughs> and you get to hang out with them and talk fantasy football. Yeah, this you is, know. This is, wow, I can't, you're blushing. You're actually blushing. You're yeah, so happy. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, the stock market's up. I mean, things are going so great. Fred, um, congrats on being the second runners-up in the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship. Um, by the way, do you guys know if the first and second place guys can't fulfill their duties? It's kind of like Miss America. Then you guys sort become, of, yeah. Yeah. name the champs. You don't get any more money, though. There's not any sort of sex tapes going on out there right now with, uh, with Mike Kuzma. You know, like that, hey, that we'll see what happens. come to light. Yeah, if these guys, you know, if they go on no, like Joe Mixon. If they pull a Joe Mixon, you guys, you know, you got a shot. We're elevating you. Yeah. So um, this is the first big cash for your FFPC career. Um, what did you do differently in 2016 that you had not done in the prior two years? Well, we haven't done anything differently. Every season we believe that we draft a quality team. It's just that this season we didn't get hit with the injuries that we have in the past. Uh, we do our work. We do our homework. We have our strategies. And it's just, it just so worked out this year that we didn't get hit with injuries. Injuries, obviously, uh, play such a big role in uh, in who wins these giant tournaments. And, and honestly, avoiding those picking the right players, getting your guys, if you will, Dave, is uh, one of the key components in uh, achieving greatness, which you guys definitely did this year. Tom, as we look, uh, you know, at the take a look back at the 2016 season that you guys had going into week 14, you guys weren't even in the top 200 overall. When did you and Fred sort of realize that, hey, you guys – we, we have a shot at, at maybe winning this thing or at least finishing near the top of the leaderboard. When did it become real for you? Well, I guess the uh, quick and easy answer to that one was after Bell put up 50 in week one. But, you know, Fred and I had looked at our lineup, and we really liked our matchups going into that week. And we did feel that we could put up a big number, and we did. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, that was a huge key for us. Every, every year, Jamal Charles one year, Arlen Harris one year, Odell Beckham one year. It always seems like that there's some player that just comes out of, not comes out of nowhere, but has this massive yeah, fantasy Charles. performance, you know. And, Charles and, had 55 points. Yeah, and, and then this year it was, it was Le'Veon Bell putting up that, uh, that huge total. So actually, uh, next yeah, question. Also, talk- Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, we were, you know, we also – felt confident about our team because we had a dissimilar team than a lot of the other teams in the league. And we knew if our guys performed, we'd be able to jump up substantially in the rankings. 
That's really impressive, honestly. And, and having the difference makers that, you know, where you're not having the guys that are 50% owned makes, makes a big difference. But I'm going to go back to Le'Veon Bell. You guys took him at the 109 spot in this draft. And I'm going to tell you guys, there were teams that did well that took him in the third round. Yeah. I mean, so you guys actually took him a lot higher than some of the other people who lucked out. But you obviously did well with your other picks. So why was it okay for you not to have two of your first uh, – had to have two weeks, three weeks of the year – Le'Veon Bell is not there. Why was that okay for you? Well, uh, we were at the number nine spot. We had a couple guys on the radar, but when they were taken, um, we had talked about it. We felt Bell was a great selection, Um, you know, especially with the opportunity to plan uh, for the fact that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, We backed him up with Williams. Uh, who was fantastic for us the first several weeks. We were actually worried that he was going to be in a timeshare when Bill got back. Tom, when you when – you, I mean, talking about this Le'Veon Bell decision that you guys made, knowing that he was going to be suspended uh, or at least missed the first three games of the season, I, I think that you would probably agree that in certain – because everybody always wants to get off to these fast starts in the FPC and the FFPC main event, but I think that you'd agree that – there's certain situations where talent and opportunity is so great that it trumps, um, you know, not having your first round pick for those first three weeks. This was a decision yeah, you guys made that we're, we're like, I'm, we're going to build our team strong enough where we'll be able to survive those first three weeks. And then when he comes back in week four, we're going to be dominant. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, Bell, I proved he do this before. Um, you know, here's a guy that misses three weeks and he finishes it second in the league. Um, no question, an impact player that we were happy to put on on our team. You always want to start off good, but more importantly, you want to finish strong. Ask the champ. He knows that. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. Mike Kuzma finished off uh, about as strong as you possibly can uh, in week 16. Um, you guys, uh, Fred, uh, you took uh, back-to-back tight ends in rounds three and four, Greg Olson in the third, and Travis Kelsey uh, in the fourth round. Was that part of the plan, Fred, to, to grab those two elite tight ends early, or w- did this just represent uh, a case of best player available, we can start these guys every single week as long as they're healthy and not on bye? What went into those decisions to, uh, to grab Olson and Kelsey there? This is my favorite question. We don't have a, a tried-and-true plan going into a draft. In other words, we adjust on the fly, and we take what the draft gives us. After the round two was over, we looked at each other, and we said, let's go monster, and that's code for us. We've used three tight ends in the past and have had some success. And so we utilized it here because we had the opportunity. And that's really what it comes down to. Whenever we enter a draft, three tight ends in this kind of format is always possible. And I'd like to say that the tight end position is a position that we really scrutinize very, very carefully every year. So, Fred, we're going to go back to you about wide receivers, actually. If, I mean, taking a look at your wide receivers after your draft and then after the season ended, 
you had a whole run about uh, with Devontae Adams, wide receiver number nine, 12 touchdowns. I mean, that's easily going to happen again next year. But outside of Devontae Adams, you didn't have an elite stable of consistent guys. How did you guys make it work to finish in third with wide receivers that some would consider to be kind of on the mediocre side? Well, we had three tight ends that we were starting. So that meant that we had to start two wide outs. Now, we had Devontae Adams we were committed to. We, we picked up J.J. Nelson, Adam Thielen, and we felt comfortable with those guys. And they performed. And we started off with Travis Benjamin. So we would sort of disagree with you. Uh, we, had some tight, we had some tight ends that would allow us to start those receivers, and those receivers we thought were good enough. And when you think about, like, you know, guys like J.J. Nelson and Adam Thielen, yes, by and large, they, they weren't, like, top five elite guys on the season, but they had a few top five elite games. In fact, Nelson and Thielen might have been the, even the number one overall receiver on a, on a couple of different weeks this, this year, too. So if you pick your spots and start those guys, you can get elite production. Fred, you, you mentioned the three tight ends. Kelsey Olsen, and who was the third guy you were consistently starting this year? Uh, Cameron Brait. Oh, and Brait was great. For sure this year. Uh, we have great. so much more. And, and I want to say to you, out of respect for a team that we had a couple prior years ago, we were the guys that found Jimmy Graham uh, in that first breakout year. And, and we had three tight ends that year, and we, we fell apart at the end. But, but the three tight ends are very attractive, and if we have the opportunity to utilize that, we will take it, but we don't go into any draft saying this is what we have or not do. We take what, you know, is given to us. And it certainly is a feather in your cap when you uh, do the tight end analysis, when you have the scrutiny and the, uh, the chops to know which guys uh, are going to be performing the best. That is definitely an advantage, uh, obviously. We uh, have so much more to get to with, uh, with you guys, Fred Beyer, Tom uh, uh, Winkler, on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. When we come back, we're going to ask these guys about James White, how his Super Bowl performance is going to affect his draft stock next year. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We have the third-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. A couple of co-managers in Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler cashing more than $16,000 for their second runner-up prize this past year. The uh, question I want to get it to, uh, to you guys here, and, and Tom, I'll pitch this to you. We're, we're fresh off seeing a, a fantastic Super Bowl. It's, it's still uh, mossy in our minds, and, and, and we definitely really enjoyed it, but... You can make the case that James White was really the Super Bowl MVP, uh, given his performance, a Super Bowl record for receptions. It, it, it's really insane what, what a Dave, a Badgers running back, did uh, on the grandest stage. It was awesome to see uh, for us. Do we need to bump James White up our draft boards for next season, or are we ignoring his stats this past Sunday, as it, really, it truly was a small sample size in just one game? Tom, what are you guys at, at this point uh, doing with James White uh, for drafts coming this year? Uh, I'd have to actually say absolutely not and, and probably, unfortunately, ignore it. Um, it's a great question for, X, for us. 
Uh, we actually picked the uh, Legarrette Blunt in the 10th round this year. We were extremely happy with his, uh, his performance early on. It really helped us throughout the season. Um, and actually, we just finished up a little sort of a Super Bowl tournament, and we actually selected James White and, and uh, rode him to a, a top 10 finish. And Fred, actually, on his other team, likes James White and, and actually drafted him. The problem is is that New England is a uh, game-planning team. Uh, any one of those guys can go out, go out there and have a great performance and then not play the next game. Uh, Bunn had a great year with his touchdowns. White had a great Super Bowl. You'll have those guys that also say that Deion Lewis is better than both of them. Uh, you know, it's basically good luck picking the right guy to have in the backfield on any given game. You know, they're great players. You just, uh, it's just very tough to do. Yeah, it's difficult to uh, to sort of, um, you know, know when those guys are going to have big games. I say this all the time, Dave. Patriots running backs make good late-round draft experts picks, not necessarily great uh, main event classic 20-round. Uh, those are great guys to cross off your draft. Yeah, players. exactly. Let somebody else deal with it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's sort of what I've... Denver for so many years. Yes, it's a, it's a perfect example there. Uh, guys, let's. Uh, I'm going to toss a couple of uh, listener emails that we got in uh, for you. The first one I'll, I'll go ahead and, and uh, lob to Fred here. Uh, it's actually a guy that Dave mentioned already. This is from Jason in Mankato, Minnesota. Hey, guys, are you guys believers in Jay Ajayi in 2017? He only caught 27 passes last year, and more than half his rushing yards came in three games. He also had eight games with fewer than 50 yards. Congrats on all the cash. That's Jason in Mankato, Minnesota. Fred, uh, Jay Ajayi this coming year, he's going to be drafted highly. Is he going to be drafted highly by you guys? No. And the reason is the sample size is just way too small. Uh, when you Tell say early, really I'm gonna, I, I will let somebody else make those projections and make the pick in the second or third or first rounds, but it won't be me. Yeah, Jai is going to be a, a polarizing guy, and it won't even really matter because it, you know there could be like eight or nine teams that are off a Jai, but all it takes is one team or, you know, two teams to draft him high or whoever it is. And uh, he's off the board. Uh, I am with you on that one. Bill in Southfield, Michigan. Hi, Fred and Tom. Will the Bucks have a rookie wide receiver or rookie running back starting in week one or neither or both? Thanks for the email, Bill in Southfield, Michigan. Tom, I'll, uh, I'll let you answer this one here. The the oh, Bucks thanks. are an up and coming <laughs> offense. You 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 have uh you have Jameis Winston quarterbacking uh you know a, a team on the rise. Mike Evans is uh, obviously the go to number one receiver there. Cameron Brake, you guys know how good he can be. But when you look at the backfield, it sounds like Doug Martin won't be back, and uh, they never really had a viable number two option opposite Evans this uh, this past year. Do you envision uh, uh, them going running back or receiver early, where we could see these guys starting? right away week one in either of those positions? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I think, you know, the Bucks hope so. We're, you know, it's a local team for us here. We're Floridian, so, you know, we're always rooting for the Bucks. But uh, Mike Evans is a stud, um, and he's going to get, obviously, from Winston, you know, he's, most of the targets as it is. But I, I don't see someone coming in and making a major impact uh, you know, right away on that team. When you look at uh, 
um, you know, the holes that are going to be there, the, the number one running back, the, the number two receiver, they're probably honestly more likely to fulfill those through free agency given uh, the running backs that will be out there and, and given, you know, that they've already been rumored to be looking at Deshaun Jackson. I mean, there's, there's more possibilities out there for a veteran coming in and starting from week one on. Even if they do draft somebody in the second or third round, uh, they'll be more, more than likely worked into the offense. Probably a veteran is going to be starting those positions. Uh, right, Fred, when, when you look at uh, that, I'll let you chime in on this. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, when you're looking at the fantasy implications of that whole situation, I'd like to know the commodity before I make a move, yay or nay. We, uh, you know, they, normally Dave always asks this question, but I, I'm, I can ask him both. Do you, do you want to do it? I can. You know what? I, I'm going to try two yeah. in a row. Can you I know, ask two in a row? This whole Aaron Rodgers discussion has you I'm just brimming conf- with confidence. I feel like just, I, this is what our fifth, right. fifth, sixth year. Go to it. I got ten on Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's so terrible. Two straight questions. Lose so much money on Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll start with Tom on this. Uh, Tom, we need you to give us a guy that you think will be an early round bust next year and a player that will end up having a big value as a late round sleeper 2017 drafts. So Tom will start and then Fred will go next, but Fred cannot. Just like Family Feud, we're going to give you the dit, dit, dit. you cannot duplicate answers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys actually caught me on this one because uh, you already brought him up with the question, or somebody did, because, again, they got Jay, Jay in the, in the first round. And, and not that I have anything against Jay, uh, but I don't see him performing at, at that level, and I just think there's going to be quite a few running backs that are going to surpass his numbers. Um, if you want me to come up with another one, I'll be happy to do so if you'd like. That's okay. Because Mr. You know, Mr. Des Bryant's going to have to do something for me maybe before he needs to be in that first round either. All right, so Ajay and Des are your cold bus of the year. Des yes, is sir. interesting, too, because you have that offensive line in Ezekiel Elliott there. Uh, you know, but it, it, that could be where this team goes, and Des just might not be the prolific playmaker uh, with all those targets that he was under Tony Romo. Uh, Fred. Your turn. Oh, so he didn't give us oh a I'm breakout. sorry, Tom. Tom, your sleeper. You don't, don't hijack sorry, my you know, question. You know what? Very screwed. All right, all right. <laughs> I apologize. Tom, go ahead. Jeez. Well, uh, looking at what I've been seeing so far uh, with a lot of these leagues and the tight ends um, dropping down, and we're obviously a big big tight end team, um, I think I've been seeing Ladarius Green between 11 and 15 on the tight end uh, scale there, and I think that's uh, – way out of line. I think he's going to be a, a big factor next year for Pittsburgh. And I'll also throw, a, throw another receiver in there again. I'll stick with the Steelers. Uh, and they got uh, Matavius Bryant at about 45 to 50 on the wide receiver rankings. And here's a guy that I think that if he's got his head on straight and uh, you know, he'd be in the top 10. So Let's see, we got That's a lit, lit, Lider- some Lider- Lidarius Green, Green love. And Martavis. So Martavis Bryant. Different Bryant. Yeah. Martavis. All right, now we can move on. Sorry. Fred, <laughs> Fred go ahead now. Uh, I think the biggest disappointments in the first round of any draft are going to come at the wide receiver position because when you draft a wide receiver in the first round, your, your expectations are high. 
and the production has to be high. So I would say a player like Julio Jones or Antonio Brown might put up a disappointing season like Hopkins this year. In terms of an upside pick later, I I would like uh, C.J. Procise. I was on to him this year, but he didn't really do what I expected. But I'm expecting big things from him next year. Hopkins and Procise. No, Procise has been mentioned in one or two other shows. I got to tell you, the the train on the hype train on CJ Procise or, or the bandwagon. I guess they both left the station at the same time. Can't even see them. They're so far in the distance that they they've uh, they've gone a long way so far this year. And here's another uh, member of that Procise bandwagon. It could totally legitimately be correct. Could be. And of course, the only dynasty league I own processing is the one that has a mandated end date that just ended. Oh, that's ridiculous. So sad. All right, guys. 16500 bucks is a nice chunk of change that you won for taking third. So, um, unfortunately, you have to split it with each other, I assume, or some sort of taxes involved. What are your, uh, what are your plans with the money? Fred, we'll have you uh, go first. Uh, my boat's getting old, so I think I'll probably get a new one. Nice. Oh, that's a no. That's a good idea. Yeah, that like, is a I good like idea. That. I really like that quite a bit. Tom, do you have New a boat. Tom? Do you have another uh, a, a, an equally good way of spending uh, your end of the cash? Yeah, I'm going to put most of it towards next year's tab. Yeah, oh, that's, See, that's, that's the, FF, the best answer. That's dear to our hearts here at the <laughs> money hungry grubbing FFPC. <laughs> the over the FFPC overlords just love that. <laughs> Hearing that, that's fantastic. Well, listen, uh, I'm glad you guys had a great experience in 2016. Uh, you came very, very close to winning it. Maybe 2017 will be your year, uh, especially if you're putting a, a, a lot of that money towards it. You'll, you'll definitely have a lot of chances of doing it. Draft from the boat this year. Try yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Use the Wi-Fi on the boat. Take pictures. Tweet it to us, at FFPC. We'd love to see it. And uh, listen, uh, congrats on, on all the success. Best of luck in 2017. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. Tonight, talking some fantasy, and uh, even though you, you sided with Dave on the Aaron Rodgers argument, I guarantee you I will be rooting harder for you guys this year than Dave will be. So thanks, <laughs> thanks again for coming on. Best of luck. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Enjoy it. Fred Beyer. Fred Beyer and Tom Winkler, ladies and gentlemen. Third place in the Football Guys Players Championship this past year. Second runners-up. And, you know, honestly, if Mike Kuzma wouldn't have gone all – cocaine crazy in, in week 16 these guys would have taken second place and a close second by the way so wow. they almost really you know came came much closer to winning it uh than a lot of people thought no kidding that's good and uh yeah, so great so, interviews they yeah, were fun. great interview a lot of good stuff there i'm surprised at the, at the ladarius green call i mean he's a guy yeah, that could talk about him maybe being what is re- released yeah Possibly. But, I mean. Although, you know, two Packers should definitely take my trade offer in the big blank and leave. That what, we're in. What's that one? What, the offer? I offered him Will Fuller, Ladarius Green, a third and a fourth for Corey Coleman. Oh, God. <laughs> Corey, hey, he likes Will Fuller. Corey Coleman's he's yeah, on the sure Browns. He likes Corey Coleman, too. He's on the Browns. He sucks. I would not do that deal. You, you, don't, Spock, you don't do any trades. No, I, I do plenty of trades, just not with you, because I always get taken advantage of. <laughs> I, I, my, my trades are fair. I'll tell you what, when I. We have an email about this. I don't want to get into it too much. But when I did that Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde trade, I thought more people would want to deal with me because I, I got that's the short. Tr- well, you know, these people don't even pay attention. I mean, that's true. Yeah. I, I thought that was. So you should have floated me some offers. I, you know, maybe I will. Of course, you didn't need to because you won the league. 
with, well, without I, the I assistance a, of my mess uppery. Um, okay, we have to. We're going to get to a break here in a little bit. But before we get to it, we never really completed our, dis, our you know, jokes aside. We never really completed this Cobb Adams discussion. For you, Adams is clearly ahead of Cobb. Yes. Okay. Now, if you if you own Cobb and Dynasty, you I, are I probably would, not looking to deal him, but you no, might said, be looking I, to acquire him right no, now. No, I said I was. I would actually, even at his depressed price, we, I would be looking to sell him. And it's because I think he sucks, and I don't think he's ever going to amount to much else. I mean, maybe he will, and maybe I'm wrong. I just, I don't think that he. I think his career is not going to be very good going forward. So, are you very bullish on on um, Devonte Adams then? Yeah, I mean, you know, he he finished his WR number nine. I mean, I, don't, I assume he's going to get drafted at a pretty high spot, right? Um, and that he doesn't have a large sample size either. So I don't know how that I'm spectacularly bullish on him. I, I would probably consider him in certain spots. I just don't think Cobb is really all that. I mean, I I never really loved him. I don't. I, I mean, if, if you recall, in plenty of other shows, I don't generally draft Cobb. Yeah, you don't. I don't that draft, is true. He's not a guy, and it's just it's been year to year. I just don't draft him. He's a slot player. He relies so much on that. He's got a pudgy face, which I don't like. Pudgy. I like, oh, I like, God, like a here chi- we go. Like a chiseled athlete, you know. So he's not, you know, Cobb's not my guy. Sorry, don't Dave, like him. Dave Gerzak. Don't like him. Never liked him. In kind the, of like a bad menu item. You just don't go for it. Dave Gerzak, in the business of selling <laughs> jeans and occasionally making good fantasy decisions. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's what you do. Hey, the one other thing we didn't get to in the uh, opening, the fantasy <laughs> flash. Sorry. Yes. Washington Post reports that uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, all expected to have degrees of interest in free agent Pierre Garçon. Garçon quietly had a 1,000-yard year last year. He said he wants to remain in Washington, but with his uh, performance last season, he could be something more than they could afford in 2017. He's going to be 31 at the start of the next season. He uh, has been... He's played through injuries. I mean, he's got dinged up, but he hasn't missed time because of no. it. Been very consistent, does not drop passes. Could be reuniting with um, the baby-faced um, high school freshman, Sean McVay, in, uh, in Los Angeles with the Rams. That's a possibility. Pierre Garçon, Dave, you know, I... If, not, you, re- if you recall us talking last year in preseason... Okay, go ahead. We were saying Pierre Garçon was effectively free. That is... It totally was, was yeah. Yes, we were like... Take him to 12, 13, 14. No one's drafting him. No one cares. Right. Just take him as your WR, whatever you want, and just throw him in there during, you know, during, you know, if you have guys on by or if you have an injury. And that, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, toot our own horn too much, but right. he did get that one pretty much right. Yeah, and um, at the end, before the Blake Harrington dynasty waivers closed, I, you know, I shouldn't even say this because I'm not 100% sure I did it, but I know I thought about doing it and I, I tried to do it. I want, He's on your team. Okay, so I, I wanted to pick Pierre Garçon up late because I knew he was going to be a free agent, and I figured at the very least, and this is the great thing about Dynasty, uh, maybe not Carrington because there's not a lot of trades that go down, um, but the great thing about getting Garçon there is because if he does, we, it's the same things we just talked about with Alshon Jeffrey at the top of the show. He could sign a big contract in a new place. Everybody's talking about him. Um, he, you know, everybody gets so excited and maybe I get a great deal for him. And you know what, if I don't, that's fine because regardless of where he goes, I still think he's a top 35 guy at the worst next year. 35. Yeah, might be. I mean, plug him in as my wide receiver three and I get five for 70 and a touchdown. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, now, absolutely. Now I just made made you an offer in Carrington. Did you really? Yeah. I should check my my phone. Check it out. And see what it is. I'll tell you what, we gotta, we gotta get to a break. And uh, I, 
<laughs> I will check this offer as it loads. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak answering your emails, tweets, and more right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dynasty time in fantasy football. We're quietly shifting to that mode here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. And uh, he just made me a trade offer in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League, which I'm about to look at right now. I wonder if it involves Pierre Garçon. Nope. Uh, so I get uh, – okay. So, so Dave has offered me the decrepit corpse of Des Bryant. This is an offer you passed on last year. And how much – how many – it was Des Bryant for Keenan Allen. Yep. Keenan Allen scored 12 fantasy points on right. the year. Yep. Does score 182 and have his best year ever. Right. He's awesome. Where did he finish, by the way? Do you still have that up? Keenan Allen? Uh, no, Des, no, Des Bryant. Don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, so it's straight up Des Bryant, his Des Bryant for I had offered it my Keenan Allen. Year. Comments. Another shot at it. <laughs> you passed last For year. you or me. You made a mistake. I'm going to take another crack at this to, to try you to. Trade trades never go down. I mean, I offered you a reasonable trade. Yeah, I'll. Let me, let me the last the last last time you made me this offer, I took forty eight hours before I rejected it. I won't take that long this time, but I will think about it. Okay, let's uh, get in. Let's yeah, let's move on and get to uh, to emails. If you've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail dot com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail dot com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. What's your problem? <laughs> I don't. I don't think we have enough time left in the show. In dynasty, you have you're, you have the endowment effect. Yeah, where I overrate my own That's guys right. or whatever. And you would you would you over, you would never sell the guys for what you would be willing to pay for them. Like there's no price. You're you rate them. You you're, they're worth more when you own them. Yeah. And then when you're trying to buy them, they're worth less. I don't feel that's the case, and I think I can go back to the Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray trade that I made. To, one trade. I agree with that one. It was pretty good. And, um, and then you look at the, uh, the Gurley trade. I made actually with the same owner. That's another one, too. Who was it? What was the trade? I'm sorry oh, we're talking God. too much about this. Okay. Just no, it's, okay. Well, well, I mean, we, we talked enough about that Gurley trade when, when it actually All went right. down. I forgot. Um, I actually came out ahead, though, because, well, I don't want <laughs> to get into it. But, okay, Kurt in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Now that Kyle Shanahan has, quote-unquote, officially been hired as the Niners coach, can we talk about how good Carlos Hyde can be this year? Look at Shanahan's previous coaching stops, and he's churned out stud running backs everywhere. Steve Slayton, Alfred Morris, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. How big of a bump does Hyde get? Thanks, guys. That's Kurt in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Kurt, thank you for listening. Thank you for sending the email. Kyle Shanahan, no stranger to churning out some pretty good seasons. It's Steve Slayton's one good season. He was the OC there. He had, uh, you know, Alfred Morris's big boffo years where he had the 14, 1500, 1600 years. He was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Of course, we all know what he did with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman the past couple of years. Seems to all speak very well for Carlos Hyde's prospects this year, Dave. Are you bumping Hyde up in redraft? Um, I hate to say it, based based strictly on this. Yeah, a little bit. I actually am. I, you know, offensive coordinators, the way they run their offenses, the way they use their backs is really crucially important. Um, and you know, Hyde is actually he's shown potential. 
it's too bad the team has been poor because if he was on a decent team, yeah, I mean he could be he would be crushing it. Well, you know what was so great for Carlos Hyde last year is you know you had the mad genius Chip Kelly running that team, being down by four touchdowns, and he's still running the ball with Carlos Hyde. I mean, yeah. like you know, in the fourth quarter, there's no reason for Hyde to be out there. There's not no o- other talent on the team, right? And not only was he out there, but he was they were running the ball with. Mm-hmm. Hyde. I mean, that was so great. Now I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's gonna. Uh, be able to 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 do that or willing to do that. Quite frankly, we, I don't think I'm bumping Hyde up much on this. Maybe a, a real little bit, but but not not enough to even really to comment. The problem is he, Carlos Hyde. You know, I, I drafted him in Dynasty, and I, I essentially pretty much was as soon as I drafted him, I was I was looking to trade him. Yeah, you I didn't just, like him at all. Did not like him. I I felt like I I you know just fell into that spot, and I felt like I needed to take him there. I was kind of a hater of Hyde. Um, I will admit, I don't. I never really liked him, but I'm starting to really. I'm starting to like him now. I never questioned his talent. I never really, you know, um, w- was a worrier of is this guy good enough? I-, I think he is. The problem I had is when he was missing all that time. You could, I mean, he'd leave games early. He would miss games. It was just so frustrating to own him. And I just like, I want this headache off of my team. And um, I didn't like the dudes on the Niners. They just don't score touchdowns. And now you look at Kyle Shanahan coming aboard. Okay, well, that's great. But that doesn't make all of a sudden Carlos Hyde the pinnacle of health. You know what I mean? So for me, that it hasn't changed enough where I'm, I'm super excited about drafting Hyde. Now, I will say this, too. From a dynasty standpoint, I was talking with Ray Chung about this, about the Kentucky dynasty draft that, that we did a couple of weeks ago. I was ready to take Hyde, and I can't remember what round it was. I'd have to have the draft for it. I, and, and he got – in fact, it might have been Ray who took – it was Ray who took uh, Carlos Hyde. I think it was Ray. I, I could be wrong. Who cares? Anyway, moving on. Um, I was ready to take him in that just based on, okay, I, I, I'll put up with the injuries from a dynasty standpoint, and, um, and hopefully th- he can have another good season this year. Um, so, I, you know, it's not like I hate Hyde this year. It's just I, I'm not bumping him up strictly based on, on the Shanahan news. Well, I am. Well, there you go. <laughs> Dan in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Just read Dane Brugler's Fumble rates article, and it really throws cold water on Dalvin Cook. Oh, good. Is there, are you going to give a brief analysis before the question, huh, of what that article stated? No. So everyone in the audience knows? No. Oh, okay, go ahead. The guy put it on the carpet every 64 touches at FSU, and we've all seen how crazy some NFL coaches can get when it comes to benching those with butterfingers. Does this make it easier to go with Fournette or a wideout instead of Cook with one of the first two dynasty picks? Dan in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. We haven't really talked about. I don't even know. Do you think? Do you view the top four dynasty picks right now as Cook, Fournette, Williams, and Davis in no particular order? I know two Packer doesn't. Probably. I mean, you know, I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I'm going to see where these guys get drafted. Well, I'm going to once the combine happens, I'll look at their numbers. That's really interesting. Watch some film. You know, get some of the stuff that Waldman's doing. Waldman does a great job. He watches so much film that I feel like I don't have to. Um, Matt Waldman of the Rookie, Rookie Scouting, Scouting Portfolio. portfolio. MattWaldman.com, yeah. MattWaldmanRSP.com. Yeah, exactly. So great, he has two different websites. <laughs> uh, what, is I, it, what does he charge, $23 or $25? I, I know that he it's... He gives some of the money to domestic violence right, women, so it's that's well really nice. It. He's a good gentleman that way. Can't confirm this. I heard this on the what? internet. Yes. MattWaldman.com, MattWaldmanRSP.com. Seems kind of weird for one guy to have two different websites. <laughs> Um, we have to, we have to kind of, we have to, have to dog. I'm not dog. People I, just, just a tad to tweak them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not listening. Doesn't but matter. The, here's what I've heard. What? And again, I can't confirm this. I've heard this. He doesn't actually watch the film. Apparently the internet said that he writes so long, they couldn't fit one rookie scouting portfolio on one domain name. <laughs> he actually needed 
to buy a second domain name <laughs> to put the rest of the rookie scouting portfolio on. That sucker is long. Now, again, can't confirm, but that's what I will say. Hey, speaking of this, if as you long download as- the PDF and all of a sudden hit Control P, your printer will break. <laughs> yes. Because it's like, like, especially if you do that work, like a thousand page yeah. printer. Don't worry about it. Just come back in like two hours. Your boss will like, be firing you. Like there's this huge party at Kinko's every year when the RSB comes out. We're just like, all right, guys, time. It's our Christmas, baby. All these poor saps are printing out the RSP, just making mad cash. Um, as long as we're talking about tweaking football, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know if you uh, listened to the Shrine Game and Senior Bowl recap podcast. Done by Cecil Lammy and Sigmund Bloom. It's more likely that I watched the Days of Our Lives on daytime talks. It's, no, I've not. Okay, I've listened to both, and ex- they were extremely well done. Very thorough. Yes, you Great know, analysis. I watched the movie The Accountant, but go ahead. No, I didn't. Well, I mean, again, this I listen to podcasts while I'm doing something else. I don't like. It's I don't not like. Very effective. I don't like. Here's here's the problem I have with usually. Oh, bulky! You don't have time to watch all these movies. You and I watch movies in a very different way. You just sort of like have them on and you sort of osmosize what's coming out, out of your screen and speakers. I can't do that. I have to be an active watcher. I have to be like seeing everything. What's being shown? What's not being shown? What's well, the what's color? Weird. What's you the know, lighting? What's you know the, what's what? weird for me though is when I actually work, I actually just work. I don't listen to like podcasts and do all this other crap. I, I, ha- I have to, I have to keep doing it. You know, if you look at studies, it shows it's more effective to just concentrate on working on one thing and just cannot, getting it done. Cannot do that. It, well, it, it'd it, probably be a lot more efficient. It, it worked. Listen, we all know that we as humans are complex individuals. What works for someone may not work for someone else. That's not what studies show. They don't, uh, they don't, uh, not everybody has the same cancer medicine. Totally everybody, wrong. Everybody has the same cancer medicine? Yep, it's one medicine. Did not know that. Take it all back. Did not realize that there is... So that's a different topic. Cancer medicine, you're equating cancer medicine with the effectiveness of t- focusing on one topic at a time. Yes, I, I'm sure that... I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that the, the lemmings and the sheep that they of people that they did this on, these mindless people mm-hmm. that are all conformists, that have yes, no... You're, no, no uniqueness. You're, you're so smart that you can. It has nothing to do, do with like, intelligence. It has everything to do with everything. uniqueness. No, I no, I can't. I, there's there's I, there's certain amounts of things I cannot do all at the same time. I have to be able to do one or two things pretty well at the same time. By the way, uh, one of those fantasy league football. Yeah, uh, does is WR10, Keenan Allen, WR15. Oh, so I should totally do that. You should have, and you still should. I right, we'll see. Go ahead. Okay, so again, the podcast extremely well done. If you want to play an interesting drinking game where you could die, <laughs> every time Cecil Lammy says the kid from X University Holy or God. the X University kid, I, I'm not even, I mean, like, he wasn't even saying players' names at some point. Just like, oh, bloom the kid from BYU, bloom the kid from South Dakota State. You know, it's just like. Take, take a sip of black. Oh, my God. Be, like, I'm, like, I'm like, wait, who is this now? Like, I had to, like, go back and, like, rewind, like, 15 seconds. Like, okay, who's he talking about? So anyway, it was just it was great, very good stuff. But oh my god! Anyway, what are we on to? A, we're on a new question here. I don't know. Yeah, we I don't even know. Where oh no, no, no! You're the, you know I'm the, you're the host. The the fumble. The, we're talking about the fumble rates. Are you worried about Dalvin Cook's fumble high no. fumble rate? No, it has nothing to do with. Um, it's not enough to really make that big of a change. I mean, if he gets drafted at a super high position and then you know Fournette gets drafted at a different lower position, I'm not going to be like. Well, what about the fumble rate? Well, you know, that's the other thing is Fournette's fumble rate isn't great either. Yeah, like, it was like one out of every 84 touches, something yeah. like that. So, uh, Dear Flowers and Chocolates, you can't read any kind of draft content without people either hyping up Kareem Hunt or talking about the hype around Kareem Hunt. 
given that he's projected to be a day three selection, is this much ado about nothing for dynasty owners? Love always. That's John in Del Rio, Texas. John, thank you for the email. We love you too. The, um, the question here with, uh, with Kareem Hunt is, uh, is an interesting one because I, I'm not terribly excited about drafting him, but we've seen guys, um, you know, rookies just fall into the right situation at some point during their rookie seasons. Jordan Howard, perfect example. Not a guy that somebody was, you know, super high on or, or wanted to make sure they got in dynasty rosters. And look, he ends up being the, the third or second leading rusher in the NFL, um, second leading rookie rusher, and they might be building that offense around Jordan Howard now in Chicago. So if you look at Kareem Hunt, he's not a guy that I'll get super excited about. I think he's closer to a third down back than he is a feature back. Um, but you look at what he can do and the fact that he met with, I don't know what it was, 23 or 24 different NFL teams already, uh, the, there's heat on him. So I, I think that he could could be viable, but I'm not falling all over myself to, to draft him. Uh, yeah, I have, very, I have little interest at all in him. Little interest? Like almost none. Well, is it the is it the size? Is it the small yeah. school that he went to? What no, is I mean, it? I don't I have no problem with the small school, but the fact that he's like what five ten, five eleven, I've seen him at between two hundred one and two hundred eight. They're projecting a forty time at four or five. His speed score is going to suck. If unless he has a crazy good three cone drill, you know, then maybe then it's possible. But otherwise, he's just an undersized back that's really not that fast. Right. You honestly, you know, two twenty five and fast. Well, that's that's actually pretty good. 225 and really great agility. That's pretty good. 243 something speed, like Jamal Charles. That's something. 45 speed at 201, 210. It's nothing. It's not that good. And you have to have insane agility to do it. That's a sh- Then you're pulling off a shady McCoy trick, and that's that's so rare, but it does happen. But I mean, that's what that's what he needs to do. So we'll see what you know with him with a player like this. I think you can just judge his combines and, and really see how he's going to be. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, too, like, you look at Kareem Hunt, not only do you, do you have NFL teams seemingly fall you know, in love with him. Sorry, no, draft breakdown has him at 225. I mean, so what, is, what does this guy weigh? I don't know. Maybe it fluctuates. Maybe. You know, I, you, wait, so that's a UW-Eau no, no, Claire? No, seriously. He does not go to UW-Eau Claire. That's a UW-Eau Claire on the, on the previous no, page. No, on the, pre, on the page you just were UW-Eau Claire. Why does it say that? That's a, that's a retargeting ad. Oh. Do you know how the internet works? Yeah, I can't see your computer <laughs> perfectly. From here, I mean, it looks no, like, like, like she'd take a screenshot of that and post it on her Facebook page <laughs> and say, like, this is what Dave got all indignant guess, with Balky. I, I guess I have to wait a little bit because, I mean, you know, NFL Draft Scout has him at 208. Another site had him at 201. And Draft Breakdown has him at 225. I mean, this is like a UFC fighter right, before and after weigh-in. I mean, what the hell is going on? What is his mean weight right now, Dave? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we figure that out? Yeah, that was actually but really funny. Maybe he'll I'll, be, I'll give you that. One, that once, once he gets to the combine, maybe he will regress to you know, his I'm mean gonna, weight. I'm figure out his mean weight before this. Well, you do that. Okay, so you're not excited about Kareem Hunt. I'm not well, falling all over myself. Well, I guess I'm going to see what he weighs first. <laughs> By his mean weight? Are you literally... I'd like to know... I mean, I, you know, there, there's just... I mean, what is it? Like two, it's probably like 216, 217. 34 divided by 3, 211.33 oh, using God. the 201, 208, no. 225. All right, metric. so still not exciting. <laughs> you know, I'd like to actually see what this guy weighs. Well, just does. tune in for the combine. How big is his, are his hands? Yeah. What's his long jump look like? Dude, <laughs> what, what's his, the pH balance of the hooker pee that, uh, on him? I think that's another thing that, that we need to look oh, at. Oh, no, another metric, Roto World has him at 215. Roto World really he's, likes he's, him. He's gaining weight. In fact, read that read that last 
Does that say something about how much they like him, that last blurb yeah, there? They was their favorite senior runner entering the senior bowl and will be their favorite for the entire process. Yeah, that's interesting. That's nice. But also, senior running back. I mean, what are we really talking about here? Guys who weren't good enough to leave. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Hi, Balky and Dave. The silly season of the NFL will be upon us before we know it, but rumors of certain teams liking certain rookies and free agents and thus cooling on some of their own players are already gaining steam. So when guys I own in Dynasty make the rumor mill, I'm always unsure how to capitalize on it. Any advice? Kevin in Brentwood, New York. Thank you for the email. I'll give you this piece of advice. 95% of rumors that you read never happen. The, I mean, the stuff that they're saying, oh, this, they, they, this team's going to draft them, this team's going to sign them, that almost never happens. So if, if Aaron Hernandez murdered someone. I think that... I mean, every once in a while it happens. Yes, every once in a while it happens. I think that, um, not murders, but the, <laughs> the thing that you need to understand is that things in motion generally stay in motion. Things at rest generally stay at rest. It, 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 I mean, it's, science, when, it, science. when it comes down to it, these guys usually, the rumors are, are just that. I mean, they're, they're, they're not anything. So I think if you want to find a way to capitalize on it is – when, when positive stuff's being floated out there about your guy, then you need to be floating your guy out there as well. When there's negative stuff about a certain player, you should probably be pitching some offers to him. So I think that, that is, that's how I would uh, recommend that you handle it. Dave, do you disagree with any of that? No, it makes sense. Okay. So you're totally, Actually, yeah, I'm on board. totally with me. Okay. So like sure, when the you, show's running long. When, no, no, it's not running long. How is it running long? It's fine. Are you withdrawing that trade offer? No, I'm rejecting Meyer's terrible Will oh. Fuller for Des Bryant trade offer. <laughs> such a clown. Two-packer listening live team right name, now, apparently. Team named Fake News, which I love. That is pretty good. Bruce in Springfield, Illinois. Tony Pauline wrote that he spoke to two people that thought Juju Smith-Schuster, or JJSS, could not only slip out of the first round, but the second round as well. Are you guys downgrading him in your dynasty ranks as well based on this? Bruce in Springfield, Illinois. Thank you. Um, Juju Smith Schuster is a guy we actually been talking about on this show for the past few months. And I don't I love think his name, his name is so great. And you know what, Dave, that might be the only part about him. I like the Juju. Yeah, he does have the Juju. <laughs> you know, this is a guy that, you know, a lot of people thought he might come out a- after his season last year. And he, and he came back to USC when he was facing tough competition. He really got shut down. I don't want to get into the whole Alabama running back conversation, Wisconsin running back conversation, but I've made this case about USC receivers as well. Oh, and it keeps on being correct. Marquise Lee, Robert Woods, who else are we missing? Well, Marquise Lee actually really came on last year. He still sucks. David Hubbard me. said he would draft Marquise Lee over Alan Hearns this coming season. Big deal. It's still not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. We'll see where Marquise Lee... But, you know, you're right with the USC receivers. Big Mike Williams. And we have another Mike Williams in this draft, too, which I know you're going to stay away from because we've already had too many Mike Williams for your, for your taste. Look... African-American parents, if your last name is Williams, don't name your kid Mike. All yeah. right? That's it. Thank yeah. you. Give him a different, cooler name. Mike Quell. Whatever. I don't care what yeah. you name. You know, anything but Mike. Mike Too often. Too frequent. Yeah. Bryant Williams. That's interesting. Kidding Sin- aside. Sinclair Williams. Kidding aside, Juju Smith-Schuster, is he a guy that you'll be excited about drafting in Dynasty? I don't think so. I mean, he's been compared to Treadwell a little bit yeah. on the slow tip. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we'll, we'll see how he runs. I mean, if he if he shows some speed, I mean, he's, he's got the size six two two twenty. Assuming that these numbers are correct, 
Uh, he's only 20 years old, which is great. Out of Long Beach, which I think that's cool, coming out right out of Long Beach, California. Yep. So, um, you know, we'll see. Where does his uh, Lexus Flexus? Long Beach to Texas. Ah, there you Texas go. Texas guy would be with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> All Dog right, okay. okay. So anyway, uh, if he does drop out of the, the first and second round, this is just going to compound the fact that I'm not going to be excited about drafting this guy. I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to give a blanket statement. We'll see. Oh, all I give is blanket statements, baby, including this uh, answering this next email. Hello, Dave, Balky, Rob, and Bryce. We've heard about your running back and tight end choices, but what wideout are you picking first in redraft leagues? That's Pat in West Valley City, Utah. Appreciate the email, Pat. Dave, if we look at uh, how the receivers ended up last year, yet Antonio Brown finishing ahead of Jordy Nelson, uh, Mike Evans close behind. Those were sort of the three at the, at the very top. I guess you can make a case that Odell Beckham's in that top tier as well. Then we sort of saw T.Y. Hilton in a tier by himself, followed by Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, your boy, Devontae Adams, your <laughs> other boy, Brandon Cooks, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and Michael Crabtree, and then it goes on and on, sort of bunched up there. So, I mean, if you're looking at receiver next year, is Brown still the, the first guy you pick? Yeah, assuming that there's no contract issues or whatever that he's not right. sitting out. Yeah, and Antonio Brown, he gets so many targets, and he's consistent. I mean, he's going to get those five catches every week because he's not – you know, Odell Beckham is great, but he kind of does sometimes, you know, disappear a little bit if he's not getting those big, long bombs, and he'll have bad games every once in a while. And Antonio Brown has a super high floor and a super high ceiling. Sign me up for that any day of the week. T.Y. Hilton is not in the conversation for you, right? As, as the number no, one number overall. One he finished as he's, the number five last year. No, he's not. But, okay. I mean, you know, he's, a, he's actually a pretty underrated player. Because, I mean, even number five, that surprises me that he was that high. If we go week one to week 17, Antonio Brown actually only finished .6 points ahead of Jordy Nelson. Is jo- Jordy Nelson a first-rounder for you next year? Well, he could be. I don't want to dial it back into our touchy Packers, you know, debate <laughs> I, here. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Mike Evans or Odell Beckham, which one are you drafting first? I'd between probably, those I'd, two. I'd probably lean towards Evans. I think I would, too. And my number one, by the way, is, is still Antonio Brown. Great. All right. We, so, are, we concur. Solve the world's problems tonight, Dave. We didn't solve any problems. All the, ones, the world. All the ones outside of Green Bay, that is. <laughs> uh, so that is going to do it for our show, obviously. Hey, by the way, shout out to Draft Sharks uh, Fantasy Podcast, Dave. The FSWA winners, best fantasy football podcast this year. Good for those guys. Jared Smola, Matt Schauf, by the way, both, for, both former co-hosts of this show. Now, next time we have them on, we actually have an award-winning <laughs> podcast host yeah that's great congratulations so congrats fellas. congrats to them that is awesome to uh to hear i want to thank uh fred Bayer, tom winkler dave gerzak uh the ffpc rob bryce and of course all of you for tuning in and listening tonight next week we will have 2016 playoff challenge third and fifth place winner whoa two guests bulky no same guy chris puhovich will be on the show next week he took third place he took fifth place in the playoff challenge, we're going to talk to him nice. about how he did that as well. So that will be a lot of fun. That is uh, next Friday, 10, 9 Central. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody out there. Remember, treat your significant other well on Tuesday. She or he is the reason that we get to enjoy fantasy football so much. So make sure that <laughs> you have love. a lovely evening with them. Pick up a Dynasty Orphan as well. Maybe co-own it with your significant other. Great Valentine's Day gift for them. I'm sure they'd love it. Uh, Scott Engel and the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next. If you are listening to the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your weekend officially starts now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world eric and dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go, cause I got me a drop-top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass Go have a couple of beers, and I, I'd say there's probably a seventy percent chance that you're gonna own Keenan Allen at the end of the night. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah, breaking news. We'll That's see. why you stay tuned for all of it, ladies all and gentlemen. Right. Wow.